Hey, this is Jilly Woodhouse on the Osteo Business Podcast, talking all things osteo business. Here's Jilly Woodhouse, an author, speaker, award-winning business coach, and passionate advocate of osteopathy. So, hello. Um, today, um, my guest is, he's worked in the city, has been an interpreter and a translator, and is obsessed with playing bridge, 80s and 90s hip-hop and headaches. Welcome, Vinod Matani. Hi, Jilly. That's quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> did my homework. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. How long are you? It's been ages. It has been a long time. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it's been over five years since we worked together before. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of instrumental in me getting to where I am now. So, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all your fault, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take the blame. <laughs> so, uh, how's business now? Yeah, business is 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 okay. I mean, we were surviving, weathering the pandemic as well. So uh, um, it's been quite good for us, uh, actually. And um, I've kind of concentrated more on the research side of things this year, um, we're, which I'm sure we'll come on to a bit later, but um, really focusing uh, less on client work and more on trying to develop some training courses for osteopaths as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so you're, I, I just mentioned you're obsessed with headaches. So um, what's been happening with that this year then? With the headaches stuff. So um, we set up a, a group about um, five or six years ago, uh, some colleagues and I, some other headache obsessed people. Um, and we called ourselves uh, Osteopaths for Progress in Migraine and Headaches or headaches and migraine. And um, we, uh, we've all come from different backgrounds. Um, some of us have done further study in headaches, masters. Some of us have had a personal interest in headaches as well for, for decades, uh, pain as well. So we come from a variety of backgrounds, but the, the unifying force is pain and headaches themselves as well and wanting to improve um, the quality of care for headache sufferers fantastic and i mean what's big what was the problem before that made you set this up is, is there has there been little support for people with headaches well we realized that um i mean i i think the key question that we 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 asked ourselves uh, and, and what i asked myself as well when i first started out was um what do i do with a patient that walks in with headache um and i actually didn't know what to do um, I actually found myself quite fearful of people coming in with headaches as well and um, not really having the tools, uh, you know, back pain, you can give me all day long, but headaches, I, I was kind of stumped. And that's what that along with um, a, a few other kind of um, uh, happenstances. So uh, meeting one of my colleagues who's obsessed with headaches and reading her column about headaches, she wrote a piece in one of the osteopathy magazines about headaches and I thought that's what I want to do I want to study that further so that was the kind of germ of an idea talking to you as well and coming up with ideas about how we could improve the practice as well so that was that was where the headache stuff started from oh fantastic and yeah. who was that colleague uh, that was Helena Bridge the my esteemed colleague Helena Bridge who can co-opt anyone onto anything we've discussed that before haven't we I, yeah. I know you know her quite well as well so yeah um, yeah uh, 
She, yeah, she's absolutely utterly brilliant and so much energy. I don't know where she gets her energy from as well. So, um, yeah, before you knew it, I was a, a founder member of OPHM <laughs> that day. I was like, how did that happen? So, <laughs> and so, um, what's the main focus of, um, of OPHM in particular? It's really about improving uh, quality of care. Um, and knowledge amongst osteopaths as well. So there's there's a lot that osteopaths can do, and not just osteopaths. Actually, we want to kind of um, roll roll out um, uh, the course that we've developed, the EdAid course that we've developed, it to uh, include other healthcare professionals as well. So this is kind of applicable. But obviously, we're all osteopaths, so that was a natural starting point for us as well. Um, I don't know if you found that um osteopaths kind of does this come up for your for your clients as well with headaches and and migraine and things like that is that something that that you feel they want to specialize in um yeah certainly i i always encourage um practitioners to to, to specialize in something or other um whatever their sort of leaning is towards mm. um, so it just makes them stand out from one of the middle um sort of crack them, stick them. yes <laughs> So um, yeah, and and so um, in the um, uh, headache, which is not a not a, a, a slang way to say it, but uh, E D um, capital A C H little E. How how that worked out? Because it's very, it looks very clever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't lay claim to that. I'm afraid that was uh, Elizabeth Cunningham Hussey who came up with that. She's another colleague of mine on OPHM, and uh, it stands for Education and Competency in Headaches. So it's quite snappy, really, and it's it intimate. Is. Yeah, yeah, That's clever. And so, um, how did that research project come about? Well um we we knew that that's something that we wanted to do and um liz cunning muzzy did uh, a research uh, methods course as well so that was actually part of her msc was to come up with um uh find out exactly where osteopaths are right now with their headache knowledge and so from that it's, it's really trying to be evidence-based so Phase one of the EDIC project was finding out where we are now. Phase two, which is what we spent most of the COVID time doing, uh, which was quite timely for us actually, was developing the training course, um, which is a lot harder work than I'd ever imagined. Um, but we, we we managed it and we've come out with something pretty good, I think, as well. And then phase three, which I'm leading on, um, and uh, that we're looking for volunteers for as well to take part in the EDIC um, phase three study um, is actually doing the course itself, which is an eight hour course of high quality um, headache knowledge and skills that will enable um, you, uh, the osteopath, to answer the question, if a patient came in with a headache, what would I do? And that's the premise of the course. And so it takes you through all the steps that you'd need to do, um, things you need to look out for, some in-depth knowledge about uh, the common types of headaches that would present in, a, in an osteopathic clinic as well, um, and make the osteopath feel um, a bit more confident, really, uh, about treating their headache patients. Okay, so um, any requirements for people to be able to um, apply to 
to work with you on that? Yes. Well, they have to be a registered osteopath currently and working in the UK as well. And um, if they've done recent headache training, so within the last five years, um, that might skew our results. So we're really looking for people who have done no um, headache training in the last five years as well. So those are the kind of three uh, main uh, exclusion criteria or inclusion criteria as well. Okay. And is that open to Kairos as well? Uh, at the moment, it isn't, but we're hoping that when we roll it out, we'll be able to to, to roll it out to chiropractors. It's, it's going to be road tested on osteopaths, so they get uh, the advantage, really. Um, and, and the course takes six weeks. You can do it over six weeks. It's an eight-hour course. It is quite... Um, uh, um, it counts towards CPT as well, and it's quite in-depth. So um, I think it's pretty good quality. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and um, what do you think is the key question facing osteopaths at the moment, Finnod? I was going to ask you the same question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you go first. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Well, <clears throat> I think we've been at quite a crossroads for a long time, and uh, this the, there's a there's an old guard of osteopaths, and there's kind of the new um new way of of working which is a more um evidence informed way of working as well and i think we personally we don't want to lose everything that we've learned over the years and all the the, the the depth of knowledge that we have from people who've been working in osteopathy and at the same time we don't want to miss out on the chance of using uh and and developing an evidence base because that's the way um uh that's the way healthcare is going as well so really it's about combining the both both of them the the personalized care that we give um and the wealth of experience along with um improving the evidence base increasing the evidence base and using that to inform our treatments as well so i think for me anyway that seems to be a key question yeah fascinating uh, and I, I agree with you it's uh, you know we have to find a way to take osteopathy forwards mm. um, i mean i think from my point of view i'm always looking at business of course so um i'm still um surprised every time i have to wrestle a paper diary from someone's yeah. <laughs> You're talking about me, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a paper diary. Yeah. I do. I, I fail. Is that an epic fail? <laughs> <laughs> no, my well, uh, I've got I've got um Leslie, my receptionist, who's been with me for about 15 or 16 years now. I think you may have spoken to her at one point or other. And Bless her, she is like in her 70s now. And I think getting her to use, you know, some software, some new software might just blow her mind totally. So we're sticking with paper for the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, there, you know, that's uh, across the profession. There's a huge amount of practices that um, don't have um, online diary facilities. Mm. Which, um, you know, it, it, it does hold people back ultimately because i'm always worried about bob having a bad headache at 3 a.m and he can't right. <laughs> right yeah 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 can't book in exactly yeah yeah so um that's on the business side that's what i seem to be doing the most of is 
sorting systems out in um, in practices to make them more efficient. But. Well, there you go. There's a there's a, a, a. I mean, I love a metaphor, me. Um, and there's a complete. You know, it's the old guard using paper diaries, and you're trying to drag us into kind of you know this century of kind of. Uh, using the software that's out there, the up-to-date stuff as well. So, Well, yeah, it just occurred to me the other day that it's the 21st year of the 21st century and we really need to get with it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. God, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I keep thinking we're still at the beginning of the century. Yes, I know. It's the, uh, Where's the time going? <laughs> oh, um, So um, you also did um, Masters yourself. Uh, during lockdown in your private well no this is i I finished um in 2019 actually so uh it was a a pain and headache masters at edinburgh university um and i did it all online so it was kind of a um that's quite a, a i hadn't anticipated how much work that would be as well as working at the same time and running a business as well but you know being a headache geek that i am and pain geek it was perfect. I was just, you know, lapped it up. Really enjoyed it. Oh, fantastic. And what were the key things you got out doing that? Um, I think the important things for me were to realise that um, there was a lot of other things, non-hands-on things that I could do to help patients. Firstly, um, educating them about pain and headaches as well. Um, there's a lot of evidence to show that educating patients really helps um, reduce pain levels and certainly the anxiety around persistent pain and uh, chronic headache conditions, for instance. Um, I think that was a, a, a major learning for me. And another learning for me was um, reading papers very quickly and being able to critically appraise them very quickly as well. So that was kind of because there's papers to read every week. You had to kind of keep up with it all. So um, and I had, I had, really didn't have much experience of that at all, but it's given me the skills to do that now. So I'm really grateful to them for that. Yeah, fantastic. Well, well done for getting that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, at the beginning, I mentioned that you uh, had some obsessions then I think we can't yeah. leave without um, digging into those a bit more. So, <laughs> what's with the what's with the bridge playing? Obsession? Oh, bridge! Don't get me started on bridge. I love bridge. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. Um, I had a really lovely teacher, French teacher, who decided at school to teach uh, these eight year olds how to play bridge. And um, it's been a lifelong kind of um, companion, really, because I've never bored. If I've got friends to play bridge with, then I can play for hours and days. Sometimes we've played, you know, through the night and stuff like that as well, because <laughs> it's just, yeah. The trouble is it's a team, it's a team game. So uh, you, can't, you have to have four people. And I'm usually the last man standing. It's like, please, can we have another round, please? So. <laughs> I'm a bit like that with Rummy. Okay. okay. Well, you know the obsession then, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of I'm, I'm not playing another game. I'm going, it's another five. Let's see yeah. if I can beat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played Rummy before, but I can imagine it's, uh, you can get quite into it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Um, and and the, uh, 
the 80s and 90s hip hop then. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, it shows my age really, doesn't it, as well. But um, it just reminds me of my university days and just kind of as soon as a hip hop song comes on from that, that era, I'm up and um, my feet don't want to stop moving. So, uh, yeah. I love listening to it even now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a dancer myself. I just I went to a wedding party last week, and, uh, and it was the first time I've danced for like over eighteen months. It was fantastic. <laughs> I couldn't move the next day. <laughs> oh, I miss dancing. I miss going out to a club and dancing. Yeah, I really do. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, so um. I've got a quick fire round for you now. Oh, blimey. Okay. Yeah. So, so just sort of, um, just tell me the first thing that pops into your head, really. So, um, okay. <laughs> what does osteopathy mean to you? Um, it means, it means it's, it's an ever evolving, um, hmm. Osteo that's a really difficult one and a quick fire round as well without any preparation. Um, osteopathy, I think, is a really important part of healthcare because we have time to spend with people. And I think making people feel heard and understood and listening to their stories is something that I really cherish being an osteopath. So that's kind of what it means to me. Yeah, fantastic. Um and what would be your best business tip for colleagues? Well, this comes from you, actually. And the best business tip is if you market to everyone, you're marketing to no one. And I remember you saying that as well. I remember that rang in my ears when I was having real difficulty finding what my niche would be and what the practice's niche would be. Um, and I remember you saying, well, you have to, you have to. I mean, and I'm, I was really resistant to it. So that would be my that would be my top tip find your niche yeah your perfect patient doesn't mean you still can't treat other people but uh see i learned didn't i i'm a good student <laughs> <I> said, julie <laughs> <laughs> like some more like it <laughs> and what do you think is your greatest achievement um i think Actually, is a recent achievement, and we talked about my master's as well. And I think getting a, a distinction from Edinburgh University for my master's, um, because uh, it did require a lot of work, but uh, I was kind of ready for it, and um, I'm, I'm I'm chuffed that I I did it really. So that that's what it would be for me. Yeah, well done. That's thank you. Amazing. Um, so thinking about the world of osteopaths. Um, which osteopath inspires you the most and why? Wow, that is a that is a big question. I think I suppose I've had lots of people who have taught me, who have inspired lots of di different um, ideas, and I'm very into um, the philosophy of osteopathy as well. Um, um, so. Um, I guess Andy Cotton, who taught me at uh, the BSO as it was then, um, really opened my eyes to all these possibilities as well. Um, uh, he, he, he kind of made me realise that there was a lot more depth and a lot more thought behind before before you lay your hands on someone as well. Um, and 
and now more I'm thinking about people like um, Steve Vogel at, at BSO as well and Kevin Brownhill who are kind of lead the field and researching around osteopathy as well. So, um, you know, it's kind of moved from from philosophy of osteopathy to kind of more evidence-based osteopathy. So there's loads of kind of uh, people there that uh, have kind of sparked things in me. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, last question, what's the funniest thing a patient has ever said to you? Funniest? I don't know if it's repeatable. Actually. <laughs> um, the, the next funniest thing that a patient's ever said to me, oh, goodness me, that's a really difficult one. Oh, I didn't prep for this, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's like asking me to tell a joke, isn't it? I kind of, uh, <laughs> it just goes out of my head completely. Yeah. Um, the funniest thing a patient's ever said to me. No, I cannot think. There's been so many over the years. I cannot think at all. Sorry. <laughs> There's just always so many threads in the osteopathy works group. That, um, oh, really? Yeah, that's hilarious. What have you heard? What 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 funny ones stand out? Oh, I can't even remember the fuck that. I can't. I just really? try. I'm just really yeah. trying. <laughs> what's the What's the funniest thing an osteopath has ever said to you? Oh gosh, now that's a very good question as well. Oh, oh I don't know. Oh, I mean, oh, no idea. <laughs> no, we're still struggling. We're struggling with it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, well. Um, Vinod Matani, you've been an absolute star. Oh, uh, thank thank you. you so much. And please, can you um, let us know how an osteopath could get involved with the EDEC program project? Yes, certainly. Well, they could email me um, uh, at, and that's a really good point. What is the email address for EDEC? Or uh, they could they could contact. Um, uh me on edict actually if we put the email in the link uh in the in the blurb for for the podcast i'll have all the details there if they're interested in taking part we are um going to launch the course in november it'll be open for six weeks so if people want to get in, in touch with me using the link uh in the email they can email me and i can send them the details uh about the the course and the the research as well Fantastic. Okay. Yeah. We'll make sure that all those links are there. Yeah. Great. Great. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it, Julie. It's really lovely to talk to you again. Pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for listening to the Osteo Business Podcast. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe on all Jilly's channels, which can be found in the show notes. Jilly's back soon with more tips, ideas, and strategies to build your thriving practice.